My name is Dr. D. Bonnie, and I'm here with Jessica Schaefer, nurse practitioner. And we want to be your guide to better health. We do that on the foundation of six pillars of wellness that we'll discuss in these episodes, because we believe that having the knowledge that we're going to share with you will empower you to achieve a level of health and wellness that you didn't even realize was possible. We will be discussing topics based on these six pillars, essential nutrition, body movement, sleep hygiene, metabolic health, relationship improvements, and spiritual growth. All of these six components are crucial to attaining the health and wellness that you've been searching for. Welcome to the Alpha Omega Wellness Podcast. Hey guys, Dr. D here with Jessica. Hi, Jessica. Hi, Dr. D. How are you? I'm great. So today we're going to talk about something that is near and dear, a near and dear pursuit to a lot of people, which is weight loss. Now we're not talking all about weight loss. We're going to talk about one specific component of a peptide that can actually help with weight loss. But Let me just preface this by saying that when you get into studying the science of weight loss, and I'm on my own weight loss journey, and I'm I'm enjoying that, and I'm learning as I go, um, what we find is that glucose is the devil, right? Like all of our, um, most of our metabolic issues that we have in our body can be related back to elevated glucose levels. And that's a result of insulin resistance, right? Right. And so when it comes to really kind of dialing in on our health and wellness, and I believe that our bodies want to be at an ideal body weight. I just think that we give ourselves so many things that keep that from happening. You know, as an example, refined sugars, right? And so they're everywhere. High fructose corn syrup, the devil, um, starches tend to really spike a lot of people's blood sugar. So that baked potato that's sitting there that just looks like a good old-fashioned baked potato is really just a big old pile of sugar. That's how the body's going to see it. Rice and thus sushi, which I love. Oh, no. Don't all, bring sushi into this. <laughs> all starches, all really out to spike our blood sugar. And anything that we can do that decreases that insulin resistance actually helps facilitate weight loss, and not just weight loss, but metabolic health. I mean, uh, high sugar is responsible for aging, and it's inflammatory, and it's responsible for heart disease. And um, I believe that the people who are insulin sensitive really have an upper hand. And I do believe that a lot of times we can actually work towards being insulin sensitive by getting rid of like this midsection fat that we have that's kind of got a mind of its own and it's functioning kind of as its own organ. So today, uh, I want to kind of pick your brain about a peptide called semaglutide. And I think that you're a big fan of semaglutide, right? Yeah, I love using this medication to help uh, people on their weight loss journeys. Well, semaglutide is, it's a peptide, but it's, it's a class of drugs called a GLP-1 receptor agonist. And what's a peptide? So a peptide is a small protein that has essentially hormonal activity, 
right? So basically, these these peptides or these small chain uh, amino acids actually trigger different events in our body, right? And so it's kind of, to a degree, it's the science of biohacking our genetics and our metabolism. Yeah, and and you know something I learned in the last couple of years um, that you know you think you'd learn in one of the eight years of conventional school I received, insulin is actually a peptide. And, and I've never thought of it as a peptide because and, insulin is just insulin. Right. But it, but it's actually an anabolic peptide or an anabolic hormone, meaning that insulin tells our bodies to conserve energy, right? And so when you think about how our bodies are wired, we are wired to... Um, prepare for scarcity and famine. I heard Dr. Mark Hyman talking about this on his podcast recently, and it really kind of reframed the things in my mind of like, our bodies are not adapted to handle all the excess, right? So when famine would come, we are designed as humans to be able to survive that. And yet in 2022 in North America, you know what never comes? Famine. Famine. Right, I'm always within two minutes of thousands of calories, and so what's cool about semaglutide or this whole class of drugs, these GLP receptor agonists or glucagon-like peptide one receptor agonists, is that they are going to help us with our um, blood sugar spiking and our insulin sensitivity. They do that by a couple of different mechanisms of action. Um, one is they actually cause the pancreas to be more efficient, the beta cells to be more efficient to be able to make insulin so that we can handle that. But the other thing that they do is they improve the sensitivity to insulin, which is absolutely key. And so it's fine that my body makes insulin. It should make insulin. The issue becomes when I've got my body into a shape of, into a state of poor metabolic health, so that my receptors on my cells for that insulin are not sensitive to that insulin. So, you know, normally the way we're designed is we consume food products, including carbohydrates, and then our body makes insulin, and that insulin tells the body how to use that sugar and keeps our blood sugar fairly level. But when insulin resistance sets in, now I'm required to make more and more insulin to try to maintain a fairly normal blood sugar and the end result of that is my body saying, hey, we've got all this insulin. That means that we must need to store all of these extra calories. And then my waist keeps expanding and expanding and expanding. The other thing that's pretty cool about this class of drugs and how they work is they actually delay the emptying of the stomach to a degree so that we're absorbing these foods, especially carbohydrates, slower so I like to think of that. A lot of people are aware of that idea of glycemic index that really kind of came onto the scene back in the 80s or 90s when the Atkins diet came around. And we started realizing that um, equal amounts of calories of broccoli versus Snickers bars are not handled the same in the body. So it's really not just calories in, calories out, but how quickly that substance raises our blood sugar, the, the uh, you know, 100 calories of Snickers is going to raise our blood sugar a lot more quickly and require a lot more insulin to handle that than the 100 calories of broccoli, right? Yeah, yeah. I always like to compare 
um, when talking with, with patients, you know, one calorie is not equal to another with different food groups. It's a really good way to use a visual when you're trying to coach your patients with making those healthy changes. Yeah. I mean, in a lab, yes, a calorie is the amount of energy that it takes to raise, I think it's what, or I guess a kilocalorie, which is actually what we're measuring, a liter of water, one degree centigrade, Mm -hmm. I think is it. So, I mean, technically that's true in a lab, but our bodies do not function in a vacuum. Yeah. So when we ingest those calories, it's how quickly does it come into the body? What's our gut microbiome doing to it? How much nutrition are we pulling actually from it? Right. And so all of that is why uh, it's not simply calories in, calories out to get to weight loss, but a lot of it really gets into the weeds of insulin sensitivity and keeping my blood sugar at a low level. And I know for me, for my own journey, like... I'm sure that I still have some insulin resistance going on, but by the numbers, I've really effectively managed that. And I'm seeing that weight come off as a result of that. So what can you tell us about this cute little peptide, semaglutide? Yeah, so semaglutide, I mean, that was a good introduction on it. Um, We're really going to see a lot of those metabolic processes improve on this medication. Um, So this medicine is not not new. It's been around for a while. You might have recognized the little chimey commercials, the Ozempic commercials. Um, it was when it was first developed for type two diabetics, uh, specifically to treat their insulin issues. Um, what happened from that was that we were seeing these patients just dropping pounds and dropping pounds, and the weight was just falling off. So. The drug went back to the FDA for approval for a weight loss medication, and that's where Wegovi came in. So Wegovi is the um, the trade name. Yeah, yeah, the trade name. That sounded stupid. So Wegovi is the trade name for this medication, and and that's what's being marketed for weight loss in the weight loss world. So the downfall to that is it is really expensive, and darn near impossible for insurance to approve that. So it's hard. I mean, it's hard to get that into the hands of our patients. So what we do is actually we have it compounded at a pharmacy, and it's much more affordable to have that drug compounded. Um, we're talking, you know, a couple hundred dollars instead of thirteen, fourteen hundred dollars. Right. Pretty- I mean, I think for the amount, I mean, probably about ten percent, maybe a little more than ten percent, but about ten percent of like actually getting that filled at a regular pharmacy with a regular prescription and here you go, your insurance didn't cover it. We need $1,300. Yeah. Ouch. That hurts. Per month. (laughs) Yeah. So this medication is doing a really great job, not only for the insulin resistance improvement, but patients are seeing real results with it um, and they're feeling better and it's just, it's working and patients love it. So some of the other semaglutide benefits that we see aside from the weight loss and then obviously the insulin um, resistance. So we're seeing that it's neuroprotective. We're seeing that um, it improves fertility in women. We're seeing a lot of PCOS symptom improvement. And a lot of women don't understand quite what's going on when they're being told they have PCOS. They think that they have ovarian cysts, right? Right. So you want to talk some more about that? Just maybe we can do a podcast on that in the future. But I think PCOS is so common. And so many times, I, especially when I worked in the ER, like women would come in, oh, yeah, I have ovarian cysts. Um, I'm just here for some pain management for that. And I'm always thinking in the back of my head, like, we, we could be doing more for you, you know. 
Well, I mean, I think that this is the perfect drug, the perfect example to explain why would this peptide help PCOS? Because PCOS is driven by elevated blood sugar and insulin resistance. Like that's at the heart of it. And so what you're really getting is that entire downstream cascade of hormonal uh, imbalance as a result of that. And so it's like it causes shifts towards testosterone and decreased estrogen. And it causes, you know, hirsutism, which is the fancy name for like facial hair in women and causes essentially male pattern baldness to develop. And so um, not to mention like the weight issues and the weight around the midsection and that visceral fat, which the visceral fat just means the fat inside our abdomen that's around our other organs. And so it's the fat that's known to be most harmful to our health from a cardiovascular standpoint, especially. And so as you control the insulin resistance, the downstream effect of controlling that is that all those hormone markers start coming into balance, right? Yeah. Yep. Um, So you think about that too, like a lot of women who will be on metformin for PCOS. So that makes sense. It's just that they don't always know why, right? what that mechanism is. And if they're not understanding that, then they don't realize the importance of also using dietary discretion to control that blood sugar. Absolutely. Like I've become a big fan of getting people on a continuous glucose monitor. I'm, I'm wearing one right now and it, it helps me practice what we call in the world of wellness in of one medicine, right? So I don't care how the other 100,000 people respond to the sweet potato or the broccoli or the uh, Snickers bar. I care about how I respond to it. And so when I can test my blood sugar 20 or 30 times a day without poking my finger and I can see, oh, well, when I eat this... Um, well, I'll just tell you, for example, like I know that I can have a third of a decent sized sweet potato and my blood sugar doesn't normally bust 120. And yet the same amount in a baked potato without the fiber, um, I'm going to soar to, you know, the upper 130s or 140s. But with the continuous glucose monitor and like I can be aware of that. And I think that that's it's all part of this messaging. And so if you have PCOS or other issues of insulin resistance, but you're not dialed in on understanding like, oh, I really have to make different choices to yeah. get my health where I want it to be. You just don't, I mean, I think a lot yeah. of it isn't unwillingness necessarily, but it's lack of knowledge. Like, we're not teaching people that. Right. Here's your metformin. You have PCOS. Yeah. Have a good day. Exactly. So this medication, it really does help improve um, for people who have PCOS. Uh, it also works on the hypothalamus of the brain. It kind of works on some addictive type behaviors by working on the hypothalamus. So we do see benefits in people who are trying to quit smoking. Um, We also see a a benefit in people who have a lot of those craving type um, behaviors where they're, maybe they're eating great during the day, but, um, but man, like nighttime comes around and they're just really craving some pasta and some candy and some like junk. And they just, those cravings is what's getting to them. So it actually helps decrease the cravings that they're they're having and we see that in a lot of patients where they'd probably be doing okay if they could just stop the cravings so who do you think is a good candidate for going on semaglutide i mean you already covered pcos um but i mean at what point would you put someone on that that say um you know maybe their bmi is not 
over 35, but they they want to lose some weight. I mean, it, tell me who, who would be a good candidate. You already addressed like the PCOS, and we know that people who certainly have insulin resistance and you know maybe have a BMI that suggests obesity or morbid obesity, they're going to be good candidates. But um, who else? Or like at what level would you say it's worth going on semaglutide to try to accomplish your weight loss goals? Yeah, so I think a lot of people actually, even those that maybe don't have that BMI of 30, 35, I don't, I don't necessarily think that it depends on the number on the scale. Um, I think it depends more on the patient's goals for their health because, you know, even people who have a normal BMI can benefit from semaglutide. It's cardioprotective, it's neuroprotective, it's, and, you know, like I said, it helps with fertility. So it's not always about the number on the scale. It's I really know the studies have actually shown like a reduction in like um, strokes mm-hmm. when people are on semaglutide. Yeah. And so I think there's definitely benefits. But if I go on semaglutide, am, am I going to be on it for the rest of my life? No. No, okay. not at all. So it's really, you you keep watching your own goals. Where are we at? How are you feeling? Um, we do coach you through this. We want to be mindful about losing the right kind of weight, um, losing weight in the right areas. For example, we don't want you dropping all your muscle mass because that's counterintuitive. And, and that's one of the things you're obviously going to have a lower appetite on this medication. And we want you to continue to eat. We don't want to completely blast your appetite because you're just going to waste away. And that's not healthy. So there's a good balance, and that's where it's important to work with your provider, um, not just go rogue on this medication and then never come back to see us and you're just not eating ever. Um, eating the right kinds of foods too. So how common is it for someone to just eat you know, toast with avocado in the morning? Isn't that the fad right now? Right. But where's your protein? Right. So you gotta, you have to make sure you're getting the right amount of protein. You have to make sure that if you are fasting, that you're the right candidate for fasting, which fasting can be really beneficial, especially with insulin resistance. But if you have someone who has burnt out their adrenals or who is just really struggling to support their thyroid, they may not be good candidates for fasting. Right, because that fasting can be seen as one of those stressors on the body. Yeah. And so, yeah, I mean, if you're firing on all cylinders, thyroid's good. And I'm a, I'm a big fan of intermittent fasting, and I'm a big fan. I mean, we see um, nearly all the world's religions have used fasting to draw closer to God and for the spiritual aspects of that. And I think science is figuring out that there's definitely benefit to that, but maybe not for everyone. And I think it's worth mentioning that the goal of this medication might be weight loss, but it's not it's not a lose weight fast type goal. It's more to get you moving in that right direction. I mean, because we still want you to lose weight in a healthy manner, and you do not do that by starving yourself. Right, and it's not sustainable. You can lose weight by cutting your calories to, you know, 900 a day. You're going to lose weight. But what happens when you resume back to like an 1800 calorie per day diet? And I think that's why it's important that as we walk this out with our patients, we are teaching them about proper nutrition and just changing the way we approach food that yes, food should be enjoyed. I believe that. And I think food is very social. Um, and I think that that's okay. I think we're wired that way to a degree, but at the same time, we have to we have to reframe how we're approaching it. Like food is fuel. I need to put things into my body that bless my body. And that's not, you know, everything in the center of the grocery store, everything processed. And so 
part of that is just, and that's when that's when those changes are going to last. Yeah, the semaglutide can help us get the weight off, but we really have to we really have to modify how we approach food and our appetites and how we handle that, or it's going to just be like the lottery winner who wins all the money and is bankrupt five years later because their habits never changed. Right. Exactly. So, and I think part of that is it. Part of that is education. Part of that is having that why of like, okay, I'm not just doing this to look better in my swimwear over the summer. I'm doing this because I want my body to be optimized and well. Right. So any cautions with this drug, any drawbacks or yeah, there's some side effects with this drug. Um, a lot of those occur as we're titrating you up on, on the medication dosing. So we do want to start low and go slow so you can avoid that semaglutide flu, um, which is just something that can happen if you want to start at a higher dose than you should. Um, you might be real eager to do that and see that those pounds fall off, but I would caution you not to. Um, nausea, heartburn, those are probably the two most common side effects. And those side effects do peak around day three, so you may not see them on your first dose. Um, and I guess we should talk about that. This is an injection. It's a once-weekly injection. You use an insulin-sized needle, very, very small. And you can put it in any fatty area on your body. Um, very painless. Um, but if you are someone who is very adverse to needles, then it is probably not something for you. Um, a couple other side effects that are fairly common. We do see some constipation with this medication. And that is because it can slow the gastric emptying, which you talked about. Um, so we, you know, we would be coaching you on that too, you know, doing some of the basics like increasing your fluids and making sure you're getting the right kinds of foods. I don't see a whole lot of uh, diarrhea in people with nausea. They're not typically vomiting, um, but those would be a couple of the other side effects. It is contraindicated in women who are pregnant or nursing. If you are trying to get pregnant, I would kind of talk to you about what is your goal? When is your goal for pregnancy? Because this can actually help you get pregnant, but once you are pregnant, or become pregnant, we wouldn't want you to continue the medication. Um, and then absolutely contraindicated in patients with history of thyroid medullary cancer, um, patients with type 1 diabetes, or who have developed DKA in the past. If you have pancreatitis, I would avoid this medication in you as well. Well, this has been awesome. So you got a little bit more than just semi-glutide in this. We talked about insulin resistance and PCOS and why it's important to monitor, to monitor our blood sugars. And um, yeah, I just think that, I think this is going to be great information for a lot of people, Jess, because I think most people, even if they do know about this drug, they know that it's priced out of reach if insurance isn't covering it. And so it's nice it's really nice to have other options. Yeah, exactly. So tell um, tell our listeners how they can get a consult for this medication. So if you're in the central Indiana area and you want a um, doctor or nurse practitioner that can really help you assess the need for medication like semaglutide or you want to start your own weight loss journey, then um, look us up online or check us out on Facebook. So online, alphaomegawellness.com, Facebook by the same name. We've got locations in Greenwood and Fishers, Indiana. So we kind of dance all around Indianapolis. Um, and yeah, and we, we do just a membership model for our healthcare. And so 
rather than having to worry if we're in or out of your insurance network or worry about co-pays or deductibles. We charge a monthly fee like a Netflix subscription. And then when you come see us, we just take care of what you have going on. And so we'd love a chance to um, help you on your own weight loss journey and maybe dial in on your hormones and just kind of see how we can optimize your gut health and really help you go from feeling blah or okay to feeling incredible every day. All right, guys. So now here's the ask. Please subscribe to this podcast and please leave us a review wherever you're listening. That really helps us grow. We hope that this topic has been a blessing to you because trust us, believe us when we say that whatever health you're in right now, it does not have to stay that way. You can completely change the trajectory of your wellness starting today. Start implementing these ideas and you will see a change in how you feel and how you perform. And if you're in the central Indiana area and you're looking for a medical office that will take the time to listen to you and dissect out your wellness concerns and identify your needs, look us up online, alphaomegawellness.com or give us a call 317-300-4091. Till next time, God bless you guys. I hope this information has blessed you, that you've been enriched by learning something about how your body operates. So just so you know, this podcast is just for educational purposes only. The information within this podcast is not meant to be at all a substitute for your getting care from a physician or another qualified healthcare professional. We are not attempting to provide you with medical advice or other professional advice or services through this podcast. However, if you're interested in coming to see us and being a patient so that we can unpack whatever your wellness concerns are, visit us at alphaomegawellness.com.